Ah, uh, hello, my name's Pat Fry. I gather you make banners bearing inspirational slogans. You do? Excellent. The thing is, morale is a little low here at McLaren right now, and I'm looking for a banner for our factory. Is that something that you could help with? Wonderful. You've got the job. Oh, the slogan? Yes. Uh, I'd like it to say, at least we're not Williams. Hello, pod listeners. We are the podcasters that make up the team of Gareth Jones on Speed. He's called Zog, and he cannot find his headphones. Hello. <laughs> He's called Richard. Have you got your headphones on, Richard? What? Yeah, <laughs> hi. Uh, yeah. I'm Gareth, and welcome to episode 350 of Gareth Jones on Speed. Small applause. Thank you for staying with us and making it possible for us to make 350 plus episodes of On Speed, if you include the video episodes and the episodes which are also available as enhanced podcasts, so they were like double episodes, and the trailer, so this is probably something like episode 405 or 7 or something like that, in real terms, as of course is a real thing. somewhere in the region, 350 to 410. Yeah, somewhere. That? That'll do it. I've got a little game for you. I've just thought of this. Yeah, go Come on. To start this episode. Yeah. You're sounding very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're really selling it. <laughs> okay. Hi. <laughs> game show host from the 80s. I was thinking of cars that have 350 in their name because I've thought of three, I think. A Mercedes SL? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Because I actually thought of, so there's a C350, I think. Yeah. I also thought of the Mitsubishi 3500 GT. It's got an extra zero in it. Mm, yeah, yeah, that, that was also that, 3000. Yeah. Oh, uh, is it the 3000, not 3500? Yeah. Oh, in that case. You could have the Rover, Rover 3500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's cheating. It's got to be 350. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Come on, Zog. Uh, there, isn't a, there isn't a Tesla variant that's a 350D. No, 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 no it's a 100D. No, it's a 100D. Yeah. Um, mm, um, 350. Oh. German? No, I've got a Japanese one in mind. Oh, 350. Oh, was it a, uh, a Suzuki? Ship. No, it wasn't. Mm. All right, I've got an American one in mind. Okay. And Cadillac? Uh, no. Not that I can think of. It was something like a 475 with a hearse on the floor, so it's going to be an Oldsmobile or it's going to be a Pontiac GTO 350 or something. No? Mm. No? Muscle car, that period? No, it's going yeah, a truck. Well, that was unusual, that sound. I it was, wasn't that. it? Yeah. Funny, yeah. I don't know what happened there. No, recent, but also older. Dodge and Ram 350 truck. No, because there was thousands. <sighs> it's a pony car, but you could argue it's a muscle car. Uh, was it a special variant of the Mustang built by Carroll Shelby oh. called the 350? Yeah, GT350. Yeah. There you go. Of course, yes. Uh, you could have also had the Nissan 350Z. Oh, of course. And mm. the TVR. Um, yes. Hang on, I'm having to say I can talk. Was that the 350? Maybe it wasn't. What am I talking about? What was the that one? The TVR 3000M. No. 4000M, 420. Just before they died, there was, a T- was it a 350? Don't remember. Oh, I might be imagining that now. Can't I think remember. it was. Can't remember. So, can we list some cars with three and a half liter engines? Then does that get the Rover three thousand five hundred? Yeah, yeah. most TVRs. 
Uh, Early Range Rovers. Uh, yeah, some, yeah, quite a lot of Range Rovers. Yeah, um, um, yeah and Discoveries and all that. Shit Ford never did a 3.5. Did he do 3.4s? No, he did a 3.5. 3.6? 3.5 EcoBoost, I think, V6. Um, no. No, the new one, the current. Is it? Of, yeah, I think so. In America. Charged, yeah, V6, yeah. EcoBoost is like, is in, mm. because they're phasing out V8s. Yeah. Uh, the Ferrari um, 355. Oh. Uh, so. Actually, yeah, the, three, three um, and a half liter V8. Yeah. the Lamborghini yeah. 350. I yes. Think, GT. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. That's quite a few. Yeah. We could yeah. go on, but. But let's, we won't. That's probably. <laughs> we'll just stop yeah, on we, there. So, uh, happy birthday, us. Thank you very much yeah, indeed. Please, if you've thought of a 350 car, please don't write in. On the subject of celebrations, you know, next year we'll be 15 years on speed. Episode 400 probably won't come out until the year after if we're still podcasting. But next year we'll be 15 years on speed. I'm considering we should do it live again. I think we should. Just a thought. If yeah, you think maybe, we should, let maybe, us know. We'll, we'll, yeah. uh, uh, right, four minutes in, let's talk about cars. Zog and I, you may have heard, went on the Kona rally recently. And I remember a moment where I was describing the car that we were driving, the Kona to Zog, as an electric SUV. And I said, is it an SUV? And you considered long and hard for a moment whether it was actually an SUV or just a tall hatchback. And then we agreed that it was basically both. Mm. It, it's a crossover. It's one mm. of these... Or a cross-under. You know, it's sort of... Cross-around. Mini SUV family car kind of crossover vehicles. And we were talking about this, and it's interesting that there's a bit of a coming together at the moment, I think, between manufacturers and consumer tastes and the electric car market, in that this kind of platform, like a mini SUV... It seems to be an increasingly popular platform for manufacturers to develop electric cars on. And that's a happy coincidence for them because it seems to be a very popular sector with consumers right now. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not getting any less popular. Unlike sports cars or hatchbacks, you've got a much better platform, it seems to me, to build your electric drivetrain. Because you've basically got more space and a slightly bigger vehicle to carry the weight of the batteries and... Yeah, you can, like. you can perch people on top of the batteries and then yeah. they're sitting up high, which seems to be what they want at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. it works out fine. In a and way, you know, it's a bit dumb because, really, you want an electric car to be as aerodynamic as possible and to have as low a front well, layer as possible yeah. for efficiency. Yeah. I mean, you do for That's all cars, vehicle, really. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think electric vehicles are, you know, they're not special in that sense. No. You know. Yeah, I sort of drive various cars for my job and I have never pulled up in a petrol or a diesel car. The first thing someone said is, yeah, but what's the range? <laughs> it's just, it's weird. Be a weird question with every electric car that I've ever shown off to people they go yeah but what's the range and you just go oh, well I mean how often do you need to drive 300 miles in a day if you do what are you up to well, here's an interesting thing actually about range because we decided we were going to be talking about electric cars I did a quick check on the electric car market in China and what the most popular vehicles obviously China is the biggest market at the moment for electric vehicles mm. what are the most popular electric vehicles in China is it a BYD Number- it's a BAIC was Beijing Automotive EC series. EC series. Yeah, which I had not heard of before. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about this is that that vehicle, in its largest capacity version, not the smaller capacity version, has a range of 162 kilometres. The largest? Really? Yeah. Now, that is a very small range. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And that's the kind of thing that would have a great many people in the British or the European or the American car market just you know, throwing their hands up there going, oh, that's hopeless. If you're thinking about range anxiety, 
But the thing is that this question of range is clearly not stopping that car being the best-selling electric vehicle in China. Mm. Great fact, so. That's intriguing. How are they making I it think it's, Well, it's a smaller city car rather than being a big SUV yeah. or a luxury tour or anything. And I'm sure that most of the people that are buying that car, you know, are buying it for shorter urban journeys rather than driving the length and breadth of China. Yeah. Probably. But that's how most of us use our cars. Yeah. You know, the point being that this range anxiety thing is, I think, often overblown. Oh, it's completely overblown. Yeah. And it's the biggest hurdle that I think acceptance of electric cars has to overcome at the moment, which is why I think car makers are overdoing it almost, over delivering. And why I in come terms back to that thing of rain of, in terms of range. Yeah. yeah and also yeah. but when I come back to that thing about frontal area and C D and stuff is that because at the moment it's in their interest to absolutely maximise range as best they can, just to try and sell these damn things to people, and just to sell the idea, never mind the physical car. And I get that a Tesla comes out of a very different set of circumstances. People in the US, I think probably on average, I don't know the figures, do greater journeys than people in Europe do in terms of yeah. mileage. Makes more sense. And the supercharger network, again, reflecting the fact that Americans might do a long road trip and it'll be a longer distance than you just physically could do in Britain. And most people probably wouldn't anyway. And that's why Tesla was the sort of first long-range electric car that was viable and out there. Mm. But, yeah, most people don't drive that far. I- Our family car, which after one year, well, last year, when we got it, it was brand new and it had sort of, you know, 18 miles on it or something. After one year, we'd done 5,000 miles in it in a year and that was mostly urban stuff I know that's low I know the average annual mileage is I think 10,000 miles now Mm, it used to be 12 yeah yeah it's come down but we need the car because of all the sort of places we do go it's like we're taking the children the dog and stuff like that and we I reckon it's a lot of short journeys rather than yeah, fewer big well, long journeys. I reckon this is a cultural thing between China and the Western world. Electric cars in the Western world are replacing a culture where we've had cars for 50, 60, 70, 100 years. Mm. And we are used to having cars which will take us 300 miles for fuel go. China has only become automotively empowered, for want of a less clumsy phrase, in the last 20 years. There are still people who are just shifting from scooters and bicycles to car ownership. Yeah, no, they a, have no point. previous yep. expectation yep. of yep. distance, of range. And what a car they? should do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's it doesn't in, do a particular thing, mm. there's not that immediate point of comparison. Yeah, to, and I think that Maybe part of the story why China is ready to accept a car. Yeah, well, I don't do that. Yeah. Mm. And maybe the also, you know, their yep, infrastructure yep. is just also because a lot of their cities are quite new or certainly newly expanding. Mm. But I don't know what the charging infrastructure is like there. But if there's a great uptake of electric cars, and apparently there is, you know, it's sort of absolutely flying there. Yeah, maybe they're supporting it's, just, it. it's much easier to manage because there's this big question of if you don't have a driveway then how do, you how do you charge up? And you're reliant on the public network. However, if you do have a driveway, and I can't remember the stats on this. Someone on Twitter was talking about I think it was Robert Llewellyn was talking about it a while ago, that the percentage of UK households that have a driveway or private parking space, I can't remember the percentage, but it's sort of 40-something percent. So almost half. That's pretty high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we well, consider all the people there. That's taking out everyone lives in flats and stuff like that because you may have a parking space. But driveways, your house, you can have a charger put in. Well, unless you're creeping around in the middle of the night your car is parked overnight for a number of hours your car can therefore be charged up and unless you're then habitually going out and driving to scotland 
if you live in Watford or something, then you don't need hundreds of miles of range. If the same way your phone or your tablet or your e-reader or something, you just stick it on charge overnight because you're sleeping. You don't need mm-hmm. it. Mm. If you can charge your car overnight, I just don't see that it's really an issue unless you are a massive long-range driver every day or every week. If you are, in fact, just using your car for a normal commute and then you can charge it up while you sleep, well, actually, you're then getting out of having to go and stand in a freezing cold petrol station forecourt, sloshing juice yeah. into your car every few days or few weeks or whenever it is which frankly I find one of the boring things a human can do. Yeah it's interesting though because there will be the situation where you can imagine somebody who has very similar regular use of a car to you but who maybe every three or four months goes to visit relatives in Scotland and they like to drive because they're taking stuff or whatever or they're travelling with a relative who prefers whatever the reason they want to drive and so whilst they're doing mostly these little short hops every now and again every three or four months they need to do this 300 miles one way 300 miles the other way trip and that can be a problem for them if they're trying to imagine how they're going to do that in an electric vehicle and Mm. and that's where of course the range extender type hybrid can be so useful or it just requires a slight change of mindset because actually maybe if you make that journey with one charging stop along the way yeah it's going to add 45 minutes to the journey yeah and that's going to inconvenience you but 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 you you might decide that well you might decide that on the one hand you don't mind just sitting there for 45 minutes and watching the scene and eating a sandwich or having a meal or taking a break Hmm. plus if you've got all these other benefits the convenience of never having to go to a gas station you're always just topping up overnight Maybe you're very happy to deal with that I've, little... I've got I don't know. two thoughts on this. Richard, you go first, but I've got two thoughts. I'm dying to well, get out. Well, I was just going to say that I drove to Manchester and back a couple of months ago with the whole family. And I was supposed to be doing it in an electric car, and then it fell through. We just went in a diesel car. But on the way there, we stopped some services with the children. You know, my kids are four and one, and they need feeding at regular intervals and then sleeping and things like that and they're creatures of routine so we had to stop want to pile some food in their faces change the baby's nappy all this kind of stuff and just out of interest i thought i'll see how long we're here for we were at the services for just over an hour well yeah Hmm. now that's enough to fast charge a lot of electric cars yeah 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 assuming they're not empty yeah, full. And then on the way back, we stopped again, and we had to stop because we've got you know we need to break some again. food. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. And we were there for sort of forty-five minutes. So again, it'd be perfect. There was mm. just the natural amount of time we stopped, so we could have perfectly juiced up an electric car at that time. Similarly, yeah. I was going to yeah. say that on long journeys, you really should stop every two and a half hours just to make sure you're not stupefying and zoning as you're driving. Oh, I, say, I always need a slash by that. Exactly. Yeah. My bladder at my yeah. age. <laughs> and I, you know, most service station stops are around 20-25 minutes, I think, by the time you've wandered around in the shop looking for the right type of snacky thing and got a coffee and been for a week. 20 minutes. Now, in that time these days, you could put in enough fuel to... Uh, electricity, forgive me, to drive for another two and a half hours until either you have arrived at your destination... Or you need another Wii anyway. So a little 20-minute charge while you're stopping is perfectly reasonable on the motorway. You don't Mm. need the full charge thing. But the other idea I had... I know it's silly, but that's what we're here for. How about these people who buy EVs with shorter range than an IC car? For that one trip up to anti-Florence in Scotland every year, how about you subscribe as part of your package with your electric charge company you know charge your car whoever they have a series of trucks running up and down the motorway where you can hitch a lift you can get a tow 
perhaps uh, two or three vehicles. So instead of stopping to recharge, you are towed for an hour. And in doing the towing, it's turning the wheels, it's charging the battery. Yeah, admittedly, it's coming from a diesel vehicle, but you are reducing your emissions by 50% than going in a petrol car. Or it has some we bring potential. back an idea yeah. from the 1950s and well, yeah. before, the car train. Yes! It's like car trains, isn't there? Yeah, so you go, yeah. OK, yeah, we do. We want to go and see Auntie Marjorie, and she lives in yeah. Edinburgh, yeah. and we live in Birmingham. And it would be a bit of a stretch in the Nissan Leaf or whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't want to charge up in services for too long so we get on the car train yeah. just drive out to i don't know where's the line that goes to edinburgh the east coast main line just drive out to wherever that's got a little rail terminal thing onto the car train off you go and then you've still got your car at the other end similarly when you yeah. get the cross channel ferry why can't you recharge on the ferry ceiling had charging points for electric cars i know it'd be difficult to position them you'd have to allocate those electric cars to certain bays well, the euro tunnel I don't, wouldn't yeah, be there's electricity be down yeah, there anyway do it, surely the, the, the euro tunnel the yeah, yeah trains are running electricity just yeah. so have some kind yeah. of way in which some of that goes into the um, yeah. carriages and charges up your train or yeah. use a massive dynamo on the wheels although i suppose that might be inefficient I'll slow it down anyway it's the same thing yeah, yeah. given the all of the energy that you have available to to you in that train yes. is coming from those rails or overhead power mm. lines. Yeah, you're not going to mess about with sticking a dynamo onto the wheels just to reduce the efficiency of getting some electricity out. Just yeah. tap, tap it straight. Yeah, I haven't, haven't thought this plan through. At that's the moment, no, but hey, that's the, but this, you know there are ways. This, this, this is good There's always on the ways fly and thinking. Means. That's it's the thing. The charging network at the moment in this country. My experience of it when I have my Nissan Leaf, and I borrowed electric cars. It's too hit and miss in Agreed. a way that, for example, petrol stations aren't. Yeah, yeah. it's rare it's, you go to a petrol station and all of the pumps are broken. Yeah. I mean. Often you go and some of them are broken. It's a bit irritating, yeah, but it's not going to strand you. Yeah. And I was just talking to someone today who had a situation where their charging cable got stuck in the charger. The charger wouldn't release it. And they were in an area that didn't have very good phone reception. So they couldn't get the app to work to sort of try and tell it to let it go. Oh. So they rang the number on the thing and they went, OK, we'll get a maintenance team out to you. Stay with the car. And he went, well, for how long? Oh, uh, we don't really know. So he has to make other arrangements, leave the car, because this was a Sunday afternoon, evening. Mm. The maintenance team came at nine o'clock on the Monday morning. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. That's not good enough. Here's the yeah, thing about the infrastructure. The, the recharging. It's kind of early days. You know? Well, yeah, it is, I think it is. But Tesla came into this a lot later than anywhere else, and Tesla's bespoke infrastructure for recharging is flawless have you done it you don't have to produce a card you just pull up with your car the pump recognizes your car because it's got a tag on it you lift the pump the car flap opens you plug it in you walk away it's charging it's simpler than buying petrol as long as there are independent rival competing infrastructure electrical public charging points unless they harmonize and do something as well as tesla are doing they're not going to do it. It's just not. But it can be done. I've seen it. I've used it. I've benefited from it. That's my argument. Well, yeah, I suppose. But how much did Tesla spend to do that network? It must be extraordinary how much they... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have yeah. spent... Uh, and they finally rescinded the freebie thing. Yeah. It's all... It's oh, coming to an end, isn't it, I think, this month? Yeah. I think if you still buy a Model S, it's still free. But I, I think th- you get a year. Oh, is have, it? If you have one of the, the access codes. Okay. But yeah, unilateral free charging yeah. is gone. 
It's mm. amazing they offered it for as long as they did, mm. really. I mean, mm. it was a very generous offer. But the kind of thing you need to do to get people into this stuff, doesn't it? You have yeah, to, you have, you have absolutely, to yes. You have, you have to give it that boost in the earlier stages of adoption. One gets the sense that consumers and ordinary members of the public, rather than petrol heads and car nuts, are getting a lot more comfortable with the idea of electric cars generally. And it, they've seen them around for a few years now. It depends where you're living. But certainly if you're living in London, you see chargers are a reasonably familiar sight. Mm. even though they're not being rolled out as quickly as they could be in a lot of boroughs. Mm. I know there are various bureaucratic reasons, essentially, why actually a lot of the stuff isn't being put in as quickly as it could be. But we're sort of reaching the end of the beginning of the electric car era. You know, yeah. We're not near maturity by any means yet, but we're out of the very first early stages, and mm. you know, things are just getting a little sort bit of traction. on that note, I accidentally learned something just today. I was researching something else. I just need to look up. And again, you know, you sort of just stumble into a, another room of the internet and go, oh, there's something interesting in here. I'll just have a look at that. And it was about, I've forgotten this, the Fiat Panda Electric from the 80s. Oh, yes. And you could yes. buy these, not in this country. Lead were, acid, was I it? I think so, yeah, they yeah. were. They were lead acid batteries. And it had a range of 70-something kilometres. Mm-hmm. It equates to fewer than 50 miles. I was going to guess at 50 miles. It's actually 40-something I mean, that does sound inconvenient, particularly in the yeah. winter. Can you imagine? Because that'll drop in the winter. That's best yeah. case, isn't it? Yeah. In the winter, the light will start flashing when you've done about 20-odd miles, I imagine, in a, on a cold day. In a fit panda. And you just go, now that sounds inconvenient. Yeah. I know that was 30 years ago, but it sort of feels like, well, we're past that now. We're yeah. okay. we're, Things we're, are only on the earth. We're comfortably into much, much greener grass territory. No question about it. You know that scene in Jurassic Park where Jeff Gold Goldblum, who's playing the character called Jeff Goldblum, says something about life will find a way, you know, it'll evolve. If you've only got female creatures, a male one will happen. And life finds a way. Yeah, yeah. I think that's actually happening to electrical car usage right now. And my evidence for it is less than 100 yards, metres, away from this house. I live in central London, in Hackney, densely populated. We don't have off-street parking. But a chap who lives on a road adjacent to me has bought a Mitsubishi Outlander Fev. Terrible car, am I not wrong, Richard? Terrible car. Yeah. I asked myself, why has he bought a car that you can recharge at home when you can't charge it at home because you don't have off-street parking? And then one day I walked past and saw that... The gap between the front of his house and the curbside where he parks his car, there's a tree growing. And what he does, he connects his power cable from his house, drapes it over the tree, and one of the branches carries that cable over the sidewalk, the, the, the what do we call it in this country? The pavement. Over the pavement, the footpath, and allows the cable to reach to the car without becoming a trip danger or a health hazard. Life will find a way, as Goldblum says, and EVs will find a way too. I need the address of that guy's tree guy because I need a cable-bearing tree put outside my house because... When I said that we should talk about electric cars in this show, leading up to the fact that I have just ordered our new electric car. Which we will discuss in a moment. Hello, Mr. So-called Voxel Man. Mr. How you say, managing director. Oh, hello. 
We pleasure dabs have looked at your how you say books and you have many things that bring us great displeasure. Oh, sorry to hear that. For starters, some of your how you say models they do not make the as you say money. So we are going to stop making them. Oh, right. Crikey. Which ones? The Viva? And the, how you say, Adam. Right, uh, okay. I can tell you are shocked by the expression on your long face. I am a little shocked, yes. I knew it. Well, this is the news, mon ami. Deal with it. No, I mean, I'm shocked that we still make them. Oh, no idea. No, and nor did the general public. Huh. I make joking at your express, stupid griffin person. Don't forget, you built the 1007. Shut up! And the 607. I don't want to talk to you no more. And the 206cc. You smell a velour, and your logo is a chicken. Step Petrol! We got a on speed! Viewers to this show may remember that before the break, Richard announced that he had just ordered a new electric car. A new electric car. What is it, Richard? Well, we know. The trouble is, I'd like to sort of profile you and guess what it is. And we did it earlier, didn't we? Well, we could give the listeners a chance to guess. Okay. You know. So you have ten seconds. Knowing Richard... I don't think that... Well... I'll just tell you, because... <laughs> well, they know you. Okay, they you know, know what, that you hate Tesla. No, well, you hate, hate Tesla. <laughs> See, immediately, no. Like, you, no. I don't hate Tesla. I would love to have a Tesla, but, you know, they're yeah. quite expensive. And, yeah. and I have many times looked at the sums, and they just don't add up. They but know that you've got a mission leave. does that mean you're buying a cheap electric car? No. I found a way to get an almost equally expensive electric car a bit cheaper, because there was a deal going. As it's an unexpected deal. I think Tesla, because they control their distribution and everything, they just control their list prices and their lease rates and things very tightly. And there ain't really any... Not much wriggle leeway. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So considering the fact that you have found a cheaper way of acquiring this as-yet-unnamed electric car, do you like the way I'm giving the audience a yeah, chance that's to good, play that's along? Yeah, that's good. They've, they've had plenty of time now yeah. to pick, so... That it might imply that because prices are being cut bargains are there to be had that the sales record of this car as yet has not achieved what was initially promised is that Finn? Uh, is that Finn squeaking? is that your nose squeaking? I, no, I, I heard a Finn. squeak I heard a squeak didn't sound like Finn though I think it was your nose squeaking I thought, no, I thought it was Zog going mm. Yeah, we I, don't don't think so. I don't think so. Play it back, I, we'll hear it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So has this car not been the hit perhaps it was projected to be? That's what no, I'm inferring it's the opposite from this. Of that. Why? How? What? Right. How can you get it cheaper if it's in demand then? Uh, I did economics GCSE. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> enough, I'll cut to the chase. Oh, what I've done is I've ordered a Jaguar I Pace. Yeah! Good choice. And. I really wanted one, and not least, I like the look of it ever since it came out. And then I read the early reports, and it all sounded very good. And then I borrowed one the other week, and I had it for a week, and it turns out it's terrific. Oh, and as we were sort of saying earlier, it's another of this class of kind of mini crossover SUV. Yeah, well, it's a bit weird, though. We'll get onto that in a minute. Because, but just to go back to Gareth's point, I mean, they're only just delivering the first customer cars. I've ordered it just this month. 
and I won't get it till April. That's wow. so it's sold out. So demand is high. I mean, production is not massive. The original rumor I heard was they were going to be making about fifteen thousand a year. I asked Jag about this, and they went, "Oh no, 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 no! It's more than that." But I think it's only from only what a little I've heard twenty five thousand, maybe. Right, yeah. So it's not a lot in the general scheme of things. Mm. They're going softly, softly because it is all a bit new. Someone from Jag told me ages ago that their sales projection people were absolutely papping themselves about it because there's no precedent. They They've got go, no idea how yeah. predict how many they're going to sell. Well, you go, okay, yeah. so we've got a new XJ coming out, and the old one sold this much a month, and so we reckon the new one will do a bit more because it's new, and then we'll just, you know, they can sort of extrapolate a bit. But they've got but no we, reference yeah. plan. So they're probably being conservative. They're being conservative, yeah. And they have to lock this in because yeah. it's being built in Austria by Magnus Steyr, so they guess they have to do some kind of contract. Yes, we will take X thousand cars off you. Building cars is really complicated. You've got to order all the right number of bits and things. So you can't yes, just sort of keep Tesla finding oscillating out. around the place and going, no, we'll have seven tomorrow and then we'll have a million the next day. And it just doesn't work like that. Mm. So they've hedged, I think, low side. Mm. So, yeah, if you order one now, you're waiting six months for it, which is fine because we have another car on lease at the moment. And that goes back in April and hopefully the Jag will turn up in April. And if it doesn't, I'll be bloody annoyed but the reason i think that i found this relatively affordable lease rate on one of these cars i wouldn't buy one outright because first of all they're 70 grand and i haven't got that kind of money lying around but also they are a bit of tech that's rapidly evolving Mm -hmm. i don't think you want to be stuck with that for too long in case something Mm -hmm. comes along however and consulting a friend of mine in the car trade who knows about these things i think this is what this lease company has done they have bet that this car will still be in demand in sort of five years' time. Well, I think, no, the release I've signed for it was two years. The one they were really pushing that's the very affordable one is an 18-month lease, which is a bit weird. You don't see a lot of those. But I think it's because over 18 months, they can say, in 18 months' time, this car will still be worth a significant proportion of its new price. Yeah. So and, we get money from you. you you're effectively, I mean, a lease is just a glorified rental, isn't it? You're just yeah. renting to use a car, mm-hmm. which is fine. I don't mind doing that. It's like, when people go, oh, it's dead money. It's like, oh, no, renting a flat's dead money. Well, no, you need somewhere to live. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. food's dead money. You just poo it out again. Shut up. So, yeah, I think practically it's a good thing to do at the moment is to minimise your risk of getting into a very expensive item that becomes worthless. Because yeah. what if the iPace turns out to be the Betamax player of electric cars? I don't think it will but who knows so yeah the lease company up north would obviously taken a punt on it backed by a reputable finance house to offer some deals for a couple of weeks so you've got a good deal and uh, yeah well it's about you know so i mean you know don't be vulgar talk about money but basically it's about the same as we pay to lease our current diesel mercedes and i think we'll probably hopefully save a little bit of money on fuel it's the i-pace which i find confusing it's an electric car it should be called the e-pace yes but the e-pace is in fact sort of Invoke yeah. with a different hat on. Yeah, it's the XE size platform, which is smaller than the F, which what? is a bigger platform. Jaguar have a range. Oh, I you know, see. Right. Petrol yeah, yeah, yeah. car is the XE, and then yeah, there's the yeah, XF they, they, is the bigger one. Sort of set this template yeah. where so the, E in the name equals it's the sort of smallest. So yeah. the XE is the smallest saloon. This yeah. is the smallest SUV, and then F is the medium size. Yeah. And there's yeah. rumours there'll be a J pace to match the XJ. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. The thing. So then I pace has to sit outside that, and they've yeah. clearly gone, oh, well, I, you know, iPhone and iPad and I infection. There's, you know, it's all. Sounds very high tech. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's call it that. But well, yes, yeah, so you're right. It's confusing, yeah. I think, to people yeah. who don't work for Jaguar. So, yeah, and it is. What's the range? Claimed on that new, more punishing test cycle, 298 miles. Well, I now, I had one for a week and I drove it like a normal car. Yeah. So I drove at normal motorway speeds when we know what those can be. Yes. And I just kept the aircon all the time because it was hot when I had it. And I took it into the countryside and I ragged it around and it really rags around like you wouldn't believe it's the best driving electric car by a mile I've ever experienced 
And I think probably if you're quite heavy-footed and you just treat it like a normal car, honestly, 200 to 250 is more realistic. And I'm going to say that 200, if you just assume it's 200, you won't be disappointed. Yeah. be interesting, when we get ours, my wife will drive it a lot. She'll use it to commute in. Now, she's a lot less heavy-footed than I am and a lot less of a sort of push-on-y driver. I think, particularly in urban environments, she will get 250-plus. Mm. We now, got 300, the, the, we? The, the, yeah, we did, yeah. We, yeah. we, we do, mm. almost exactly. Now, the iPace only has one battery size option yeah. and one engine option. There's no... Yeah. It's the, a, it doesn't do what some electric cars Yes, yeah, so there's no Tesla a, a hierarchy of batteries. Yeah. You know that Kona actually comes in two capacities. Yeah. There's a long range it's one a premium, yeah. And then the one where you look at the thing and go, oh, that's like, it's much smaller, isn't it, the battery yeah, size? I like that thing. Obviously, one understands why manufacturers do this and offer the different levels so you can have a price differential and you can have yeah. a, a cheaper option rather than maybe the full. But I think there is definitely something to be said in the context of the electric car market for just having the one option because I think that because people do still get a little bit distracted by the range anxiety thing mm. and just what range are you going to get out of it? Well, the press release said this, but this test said that and this pundit says this. And the fact that you have different versions of the car, different capacities uh, for your battery, as well as being different circumstances under which you might use it, it makes it a little bit harder for people to maybe really trust those. And it's using terminology that's new. I think people understand horsepower. Miles per gallon, even. they do. They just get their heads around that. You go, Mm. okay, this car does 60 mpg. And I think a lot of people just go, oh, that's quite high, isn't it? You know, they understand that. But if you think about the BMW i3 as a case in point, they've changed the battery capacity on that car during its life, and they express it as amp hours. Mm. And the newer, longer range, the higher capacity one came in, it was in the 94AH. It's just mm. you're looking at it going, what does like, this what mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Is it good? Is it bad? You know, most batteries they're expressing it in um, kilowatts. Kilowatt hours. Kilowatt yeah. hours, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, the terminology is not only new, but it's also sort of slightly opaque. I mean, you know, we're people who pay attention to this stuff because we enjoy it, but normal people don't do that. They're, they don't know what an amp hour is. They just want to know. Yeah. And it's funny, isn't it? I think the range thing is a little bit like it's an obsession, but it, it might be misguided because, of course, the range varies on where you drive the car and how you drive the yeah. car and how warm or cold it is and all these different things. It's the way that they quote, like, mobile phone battery life in sort of 300 hours of talk time or 20 hours of internet surfing and mm. stuff like that you sort of go well I'm not keeping an eye on how many hours I'm using mm-hmm. my phone but people go how's the battery I think batteries make us obsessed with these things because electric cars people always go what's the range first question Yeah. when you go oh, I've got one of these new phones people always go What's the battery like on it? But if you go, well, actually, I can spend 150 hours talking or I can watch 17 movies or spend 20 hours on the internet. I go, what are you wrong with you, you weirdo? But if you go, oh, yeah, it lasts all day, fine. Yeah. Next yeah. time That's someone... what people want to know. Does it last all day? Yeah. I go, oh, yeah, because well, it's Next... two days out of this before I put on charge. And they will go, oh, wow, that's really good. You know, that's the sort of real-life metric, even though, actually, it could be two days of you just not using it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and somehow it speaks to people more. And this will become sort of more a part of, I think, by extrapolation, in a few years' time, when somebody's asking about this electric car, it'll more be like, oh, well, yeah, me and the wife recharge it every weekend and gets us through the week fine. Yeah. You know, well, it, this it, is... It'll be that kind of yeah. measure of capacity I reckon is. next time somebody asks you what's the range you say well there's a L there's a yeah, GL yeah. Super GLS, Deluxe yeah. GT yeah. here's how I sold my wife on the I-Pace because I said this because you've had a lot of practice yeah, at selling your oh, wife I've sold my, new, <laughs> sold my wife <laughs> not entirely necessary vehicles 9-11 yeah it's <laughs> incredible it's going well oh, yeah. we know you're good at this yeah. <laughs> can you have a word with mine uh, <laughs> so I said look there's an offer on basically you know what we pay at the moment to have this car 
for the same money when it comes to change we could have this and, and my wife is in principle completely down with the idea of an electric car because she thinks as i do that it suits our life it would suit our life in principle and also the idea that we're not adding to localized pollution was we live in the city and it's yeah. you know and there's a london congestion charge exactly yeah, so there's yeah, a lot of you know it's it's all all bunch of reasons. and she finds filling up with fuel is boring as i do and she's always tricking me into doing it for her are you just going out in my car uh yeah i was gonna say your car just because because uh, uh, yeah i've got to, I need to put some stuff in the boot and stuff and yeah all oh, right um actually while you're out if you're going up that way you could just stop at the petrol station could you oh what why how much is left in it and she'll go oh it's getting quite low and they'll get in it. it'll be three bars and I'll go, well, that's not low but in her world it is low so anyway oh, I, I digress it's not low since you've had the low i know i know since you had the light on that's for what, 10 miles this does worry low. me that she has great range anxiety with any car of any fueling so I don't know how she's going to go on with the electric car but how I sold it to her when I said look financially we're sort of the same but actually we might save some money on filling up okay but she went oh but then how often am I going to have to plug it in and I thought well so I assume the 200 mile go on the realistic side worst case 200 miles conservative out of the of, uh, of the I-Pace she has a 10 mile commute mm-hmm. 20 miles there and back so I just said, put it this way, you'll be able to drive to and from work for two weeks before we'll need to plug it in again. And she just went, oh, right, let's get one then. Nice. Because I think in her, she was thinking, oh, God, like every other night, I'll have to be plugging it in yeah. the charge around the corner or running the cable across the pavement or something. Can't be bothered with that. But yeah, because it was better than I think she was expecting. Mm. And actually, you know, it is. It's just every other Sunday night, it'll need plugging in somewhere mm. overnight. Or I'll take it to the fast charger up the road and just stick it on for an hour or so I mean that's not massive hardship I'm going to have a coffee no. at least I'm just stand there in the cold holding onto a handle yeah that's, that's very click very, oh god very yeah it is it's manageable and that's the thing and like I said we do about 5,000 miles a year in our family car first of all we need a car of a certain size because we have children and one child needs a pushchair still and we have a dog and so we need a certain amount of room because otherwise I would have just got a leaf or something you know but mm. it's just not quite big enough to get all our cack in at maximum and you attack. like a jag the leaf, like the leaf jag. was my that's first good. guess so what you, yeah. what, when now you the thing you is new car, but. I said this I wrote about the I-Pace on my website and I realised I was writing about it that there's something about the I-Pace which particularly appeals to me because I do like a Jag and I used to have a Jag and I have an XJR that it's very quiet and very smooth it's bastard quick 400 horsepower from two motors one on each axle mm. and god it goes when you want to do it and it's a lovely smooth instant torque and yep. I kept on the tail of a rapidly accelerating Lamborghini Huracan when I borrowed the I-Pace <laughs> and I, I just thought I like the fact this guy's looking in the mirror going what's happening why is this happening I have a supercar leave me alone <laughs> yeah, it's a brisk yeah. old thing. And so it's quick, it's smooth, it's quiet, it's very comfortable, and it's actually quite sort of avant garde and quite yeah. high tech. Yeah. And as such, it's the most Jaguarish Jaguar yeah. You've said for this about before. 40, 50 years. Yeah, you so, said Jaguar should be avant garde. You've said yeah, that for years. And that's and years. this rut yeah. of just reinventing something avant garde they did in 1968. With and then, Walnut uh, Dash. Yeah. And, uh, does it have a Walnut Dash? Well, do you know what the press car had was of this revolting spec where it had this kind of grey sort of exterior that could look quite nice in some lights. It's like that sort of almost flat grey that you used to be able to get on Renault Sport Clios. In some lights it looked beige and didn't look good. Mm, and they had black wheels. They had black wheels on this press demo. And I don't really like black wheels. And particularly not, this didn't work on this car. And then a bright red leather interior, which I'm not against per se, but with a dark American wood... Inlay on the dashboard, Sheesh. which is an option. 
It was mm. bloody awful. Not the best combination. Because it can look amazing. Yeah. So the one I've ordered it in this rather snazzy blue. Is it an electric blue? Eh. <laughs> that wasn't meant to be a pun. It wasn't. I was just thought it was an electric blue. It sort blue. of is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. This is a bit clangy because it's still showing off. But I was on the point of ordering it, and I was like, I can't decide what colour. And I was talking to my wife, and I went, Look, we could just have it in like white or black or grey or something. And I actually like this blue, and she went, Actually, I like that blue as well because I think if you're going to have a sort of futuristic car, you might as well have it in a zingy colour. Yeah, she was yeah. like, Actually, do they do that orange you can get on F-type? So I was like, Whoa, oh, that's no. my girl. Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't. And actually, oh. I think that might be a bit much. Anyway, and then I went, Hang on a minute, I'm going to ask someone, and I sent a message to Jaguar designer Ian Callum. Ooh. And went, Go straight to the top. Hello, Ian. I'm going to order an iPace. What colour would you like? Like, what's your favourite colour? And he went, well, actually, I like the red, which I don't like. But he said, a lot of the designers in my studio really like the blue. That's their favourite colour. And I was like, that's good enough good. for me, then. Yep. Designer's uh, choice. And then he actually yep. went, oh, well, funny enough, my next company iPace will be a blue one. So, so you know. Basically, all the best people are yeah. driving blue iPaces. Blue iPaces, as endorsed by the man who leads their design department. Shouldn't Ian Callum's car have a Ziggy stripe across oh, it yeah, as well? Oh, yeah, Callum loves Bowie, doesn't he? Does he does love his Bowie. He had an F-Type SVR with a one-off bright blue interior with sort of a bit, and, and a stripe on the outside that's not quite a Ziggy stripe, but is a bit. <laughs> it's a bit, Barry. I saw him at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, and he's done it as a one-off, because apparently they couldn't, for various reasons, they, the supplier couldn't do the blue leather for more than a sort of one-off thing. So. Mm. But he said, it's just my company car, and it's going back in a couple of weeks, and it'll just get sent into the dealer network, and someone will just go someone and Someone will get it. a super special Yeah, and someone will probably never realise they've got this one-off car that, you know, in sort of 30 or 40 years' time, and classic car clubs will be like, oh, the come on, yeah. special. Well, there you go, listeners. If, if anyone yeah, is if you're out there, just scout yeah. the dealer network. That's sort of grey um, type. So, yeah. Richard, you've chosen a Jag because you like a Jag. Well, also because I want an electric car. I really want an electric yeah, yeah. car, but I want a certain size of electric car because well, of getting stuff in. But also just that reassurance of a bit of extra range because we do occasionally go further afield. If I want to go and see, like, my brother lives near Manchester, and that's 200 miles away. And I think, well, you know, particularly at the moment, the M6 is pretty much just a 50-mile-an-hour average speed zone from Birmingham up to Manchester. Frustrating, but actually playing to an electric car's strengths because just at that kind of... You'd set the cruise at 50 and just sit there, and it's got... And just have a very relaxing cruise all the way. Exactly, it's like we can't go any faster or you'll get pinched for it, so... So enjoy you, the ride. You, yeah. you know, I, I see why you chose a Jaggy. We turned down the Renault Zoe because too small, too small, yeah, too yeah. small and probably Renault might yeah. not get you there every time. Uh, no, actually, I was going to get a Zoe a while ago, and before mm. I had my Leaf, but there were some issues with yeah. that. So. Leaf too small, bit too small. Yeah, Hyundai Ionic too small, or too uh, much like a Prius, not cool enough. Bit domestic, a bit of a cab driver's car. Also, quite expensive, in fact. Uh-huh. Just again using the time just now's the time to lease not buy they are quite pricey of the ones i looked into and they all seem to be on 48 month leases and i sort of don't oh, want to yeah, keep a yeah. car for that long same they... reason for the kona then which has got kona incredible is range a bit small yeah incredible range yeah incredible. but it just looked incredibly small. no the ionic i don't know actually my sister-in-law's got an ionic in the us a hybrid mm-hmm. one and she absolutely adores yeah, it tremendous but equally you didn't buy a byd you've seen those byd electric cars yeah, going around london yeah. or you didn't buy a baic what's it called the ec series i the dealership no. yeah we can't, yeah. No, and the waiting list is huge. Huge because of all the Chinese people. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, what's left? That's the thing. And I sort of thought... Tesla. I go, yeah, Yeah, too pricey. Go pure electric as well. Mm. I thought, go hard or go home. Because if we have a plug-in hybrid of some sort, I mean, it might work, but... We probably just wouldn't plug it in because mm. we don't have a driveway. I've got to be forced to plug this thing. Audi. E-tron. What? 
The e-tron. When yeah, can we buy the e-tron? Next year, I don't know right. when. But the Merc, not available well, until 2020. Sorry, I haven't said e-tron correctly. Can I say e-tron correctly? E-tron. The French word for turd. <laughs> It is. It really is. Yeah, Look no, it we, up. we had this. Was, yeah. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I know, and they haven't backed uh, down from that. So anyway, oh, I mean, oh, it's, obviously it's got a hyphen in it. So it's like someone coming here and go, yes, and you have uh, electric car. It's called it's the turd. There's a hyphen in it. Stop laughing. Stop laughing. So yeah, there's no. That's the thing. When you break it down, the moment cars that you can get. I mean, I'm saying this as someone who's joined a six month waiting list, but but cars you can pretty much get is a relative term that sort of have the combination of qualities that I'm looking for. It's Tesla or iPace for now. Mm-hmm. And the Jag, thanks to this offer that I slide in on, that seems to have stopped now, that even Jag didn't know about, and it's being done ultimately through Jag's finance house. Well, we were talking about this before, and basically it's, it's half as much, roughly, as you'd have got it Yeah, from, if you from get the, Jaguar. absolutely, if you go to their website and do sample quotes, it's, yeah, this is about half as much. Was it PSA, or was it Citroen, who said recently that they're going to make an electric version of every model in their range. I think pretty much everyone's saying that now, aren't they? But mm. yeah, I think they did, and they just announced a couple of weeks ago the plug-in hybrid versions of the, uh, the 508 and the 3008. And yeah. the 3008 one's got like sort of 300 horsepower or something. It's it nuts. Is. It's probably well. sort of a hot hatch, but it's a sort of crossover. Hmm. Which well, goes well, back to your thing. Which is the Good to have a Peugeot performance hybrid. That yeah. sounds pretty good. Do you know me. what's funny about the A-Pace? Sorry, I'll stop going on about it for six months, and then you won't be able to shut me up. But unless it doesn't turn up, in which case... We'll all be hearing a lot about it. You'll be hearing from me, Callum. But the interesting thing about it is I know they're saying it's an SUV, and they're very, very much plugging this because I think they want it to be classed as an SUV in the US because it'll help get down their corporate average fuel consumption stats and all this sort of stuff. But I think it's not... I mean, it does sit a little bit high. I mean, it's crossover. But it's also got a low roof. Yeah. yeah, it's a crossover. But And I was trying to... Was like a friend of mine, my mate Connor, who's Irish, came over, and, and he was outside my house. He texted me and went, I'm coming up your street. And then he's not here. And I went outside, and it was when I had the iPace press car, and he was just outside going, look at that! me, that's gorgeous! And with his daughter there as well, he's like, me! And I was like, what are you doing? He went, that's the amazing car <laughs> yeah isn't it he went is it an SUV what is it uh, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, that, and I think yeah. that's quite an interesting reaction because it is what sort is of it? what is it what, yeah. and it doesn't look like anything else when you see them out yeah. in the wild because it's got this weirdly long wheelbase and sort of mm-hmm. stubby nose it's a very distinctive looking car I personally think it looks really good and I think I got a lot of people talking to me about it when I had it I mean, you park, you get out, and people come over and go, either, what is this? Or, weirdly, a lot of people seem to know what it was and just want to know what it was like. Mm. But it looks in and of itself, almost, which is, I when think, you interesting. When you drive it, Richie, because you've driven the i mm. when you drive it, is it like sitting in a coupe where your feet are straight out in front of you? You don't sit upright like an MPV. You sit like yeah, a coupe. Yeah, it's closer yeah? to... Yeah. I mean, it's, the driving position is sort of normal saloon, not SUV high. You can jack it up, but the is, roof's quite low. Isn't it funny, mm. though, how... Gosh... How many years ago did the original Mercedes-Benz A-Class come out with that revolutionary sandwich floor? 97, I think. From the word go, they said there's going to be two versions of this car. There will be an electric version, there will be an internal combustion engine. And the platform of this car, you know, one of the advantages of the sandwich floor is that's a perfect place to put your electric drivetrain. Mm. And it never happened because they kept falling over. But don't you feel sorry for Mercedes? You know, it was an idea way too ahead of its time. If they still had that platform oh, yeah. now, they would probably be rivaling and offering you an electric car that you might want. Mercedes have recently announced the EQC as mm. their first yeah. all-electric 
vehicle and I think that's going to sell pretty well. It seems like, you know, whilst they may be a little bit late to the game, you know, they are coming in with a very good product and, you know, it's not too late to be getting into the electric car no, business. You know. No, no, it's not. It's um, rather, it's rather a, arrive and do it properly. You yeah. know, that's sort of almost the way that Apple do. They're not the first people to do smartphones or tablets, but they just kind of they, will sort of try and make mm. it work in a more slick way. Mm. But yeah, Merck have gone, we'll make it just look like an SUV. Well, yeah, it's, albeit it, with a sort of it's really very similar. To, again, it, 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 it. it's in this kind of you know, SUV crossover territory. Audi, um, I think, the e-tron does look like mm-hmm. just a really a normal Q4. SUV. And it's yeah. sort of like, I think they're hedging on the fact that People are weirded out by if you think about sort of the leaf. Well, the BMW, the the BMWs have been quite super weird, a bit too funky for some people. I kind of love them, really. I Uh, do. Police love them now. They all drive them around here. I threes. Police drive I threes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And the the fire chief. Uh, our local fire station where you can plug in your electric car but there's two spots one of them is often taken by the fire chief Mm. in his i3 damn him I like the fact that they're doing it with a bit of flair I think there's a lot of choice and there's going to be even more choice and it's right I think there's sort of if you think about the leaf is still a bit quirky looking and the Kona is a funny thing as well isn't it Mm -hmm. Kona electric is with its funny front yeah but then it's like my wife said she went why do all electric cars have to look like science nerd cars (laughs) (laughs) but then it's sort of if you don't you can have an e-golf which is just a golf I wonder which way will win out at the moment we're in that sort of early adopter thing where a lot of electric cars have to look stand out to make the point that you've got something different and I quite like that I'm going to wrap this now, but one final thought on electric cars. You know, we've made leaps and bounds. We've come a huge long way in terms of electric road cars and to a similar extent, so electric racing cars. But I was reading something very briefly this week saying that the next generation Formula E electric car has almost twice the battery capacity of its previous generation car. Now, given that they had to stop halfway through the race swap cars does this mean that the cars that are going to run in the next season will have to run the last 10 laps slowly to make it if they've only got just under double the range well, of the car you just make the races a little bit shorter so they yeah. can make I wonder distance if they'll do or, that uh, they'll have to yeah. but that's real progress it's worth just thinking about that for a moment you know, the, the last few years they've doubled capacity of their And someone at JAG told me that there are things they've discovered in the Formula E racing that have directly filtered into the road car stuff. Uh, So it's not, you know, sort of all marketing. They've learned things about motors and how to cool them and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So the reason that all of the car makers seem to be going into Formula E now, and it's not just for marketing, there's a chance that there's actually some technological sort of back With internal combustion engine cars, we've probably just about bled the stone dry in terms of technology filtering down from racing to road cars. I mean, sure, Mm -hmm. in the last few years, I guess, the improved efficiency of diesel combustion um, uh, don't discount uh, petrol combustion as well, you know, I was yeah, reading yeah. about amazing how economical cars are now compared to how they were sort of even 30 years ago uh, yeah but, but I'm not sure how much of that has been due to kind of racing based research rather than mm-hmm. oh research. no no whereas in this case we're seeing the flow of technology and ideas from the racing to the road car there's probably more room yes in the yeah, yeah, car yeah. area yeah. for racing to develop in, tech 
In the meantime, if I were Honda, I'd be talking to that chap who's been developing infinitely variable timing, opening and closing of valves, which is allegedly going to give us a 7% increase in efficiency from petrol engines. And it's all done using actuators, servo actuators, rather than cams. And it's fascinating. So there's still hope for the yeah. internal combustion engine. We haven't given up on you yet. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed discussing electric cars. He was Zog. Goodbye. He was Richard. Goodbye. We're going to leave you with a tune and Steve Allen Jones who plays keyboards for the On Speed Band whenever we play and may yet play again uh, has been out on tour recently with Spear of Destiny and so here's a song in the style of Spear of Destiny for On Speed. See ya!
to send us an email. See pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on-